So my good friend Andy Kurtz and I decided to do a packaging design podcast. Now it's different than other packaging podcasts that you hear because it's not specifically focused on the box it comes in, but all aspects and nuances of the packaging. We will discuss in every way that we can think of that best describes our experience with it, what we think is working or where things could have been improved. We will also talk about what is involved with owning a small firm and running the everyday ins and outs. And to let you in on a little secret, we really love what we fucking do. Kirk Faisola is the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, a full-service CPG branding and packaging design agency. And Andy Kurtz is the founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative, an agency that focuses on packaging and branding design for the specialty food and beverage space. Together, we are Kirk and Kurtz. This is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. Kirk and Kurtz, number 22, you're full of shippers. I'm Kirk Weissel. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, and I'm here with my good friend. Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. And this is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. What's up, Andy? How you doing, man? Oh, you know, just doing my thing. Good, good. It's, it's always going to do your thing. Um, always. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. It's the only I, thing you can do. <laughs> now, normally we, we meet at a different time today, but we met earlier because you got to get your hair cut. I got to get my hair did. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm very upset that Jesus is getting his hair cut. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, dude, have you seen the Kia commercial with the guy who cleans at the beach? No. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and the turtles come out. And every time yeah. I see it, I'm like, it's the Jesus commercial. Yeah. It totally looks like like the version of Jesus that everybody has. I, I uh-huh. just think it's uh-huh. funny. But, but speaking of old historical figures, um, today, was it today you went and did the event with your son's school or was that this week or this morning? Yeah. Field day. Yeah. Field day. And, um, it sounded like fun. It was so fun. Why don't they have that for adults? I don't know. And, you know, we have a neighbor who she just started, um, middle school uh-huh. And I was like, hey, I, you know, we were just talking yesterday, like all neighbors in the street and stuff. And uh, and I was like, oh, Arla's got field day tomorrow. And I was like, do you guys do field day in middle school? And she was like, no, 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 we don't. <laughs> I was like, oh, OK, cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it stops at elementary school is, is my point there. You know, it's like, uh, but I want I, I want to do like I want to I remember one of my favorite field days was we um we had plastic, uh, uh, what are the, the, the hats, not the hats, visors. We had plastic visors and we each, I think our teacher wrote our names on the visors with mm-hmm. the little, the, not, not the bubble letters, like bubbly letters, but like where you do the line and then you do the dot at the end, you know, on your, on your, oh, name, yeah. you know, yeah. that. Uh-huh. And so she, she wrote all our names on our visors and then there was like little like a son or whatever, like little like doodads on them. Yeah. And we rock those during field day because it's sunny usually. And uh, that was that's been one of my favorite field days ever in my lifetime. Aww. And so it's so fun to uh, yeah to go. And now that we can get back into schools and volunteer, I love getting in there and meeting my son's buds and seeing ones that we've known since kindergarten and right. embarrassment embarrass my son and Dude, that's you know, it. just, just that's do the it. dad just be full-on dad 
you don't get to be full on dad all the time. So it's fun to do that. Oh, the best, dude, the best <laughs> now is when Avery's older, since Avery's older, we go to the store, go somewhere and they'll be talking to me. And I'll, and I'll literally be yelling at the top of my head. I like, no, God damn it. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they're just busting up laughing. Yeah. They know I'm just, I'm just being, I'm being yeah. silly. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny to, to hear them laugh and know that I'm not that way. Yeah. But like they'll ask me in the store, dad, can I get that? Like, no, stop asking me. <laughs> yeah. Who does do that? <laughs> And they just kind of laugh at people, stare. Yeah, like, people oh. are like, oh my God. Oh no. <laughs> what do you think? Oh. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm like, sir, you can't yeah. talk that way. But yeah, but, you're you know, going to get like, escorted out. Yeah, that would be the least of my worries at that point. But yeah, <laughs> that's so, true. <laughs> right. So, so, speaking of being in stores, um, there's, since this is a packaging and design podcast, welcome. sure. We always get, get it, we always come around to it. Yes. <laughs> Packaging comes in many forms and the ways to display packaging also comes in many forms. Oftentimes you have boxes that the carton comes in or the packaging comes in uh, and those are called shippers. Now here's where it gets confusing because cases of stuff can be called shippers, but things that actually also get built in stores are called shippers as well, but they're more cardboard corrugated corrugated display pieces. Mm -hmm. And you put these things together and it's myriad opportunities and chances for you to design something neat or design something simple or design something whatever. So if you ever go into a store and you go to NCAP where all the end products are, or, or if you go to like the Pepsi display, the Frito-Lay display where they have all the cans stacked and then they have all the back cards and pieces and things of that nature. Sometimes other brands, for instance, crackers, cookies, um, teas, things of that nature, They'll do things called side stacks and aisles or side displays and aisles. And they would have what you what they call a shipper in the retail space, but what we call a corrugated display. And usually it involves uh, coming in a flat box to the store or wherever it is. And then that flat box gets opened with the actual display in it. And then it's the person who's setting it up, either it's the vendor or the employee or the store employee or whoever putting it together to then be able to stack product on it. And Andy and I are both actually working on projects right now, just happen to coincide. And he said, hey, why don't we talk about this today? And I said, that's perfect since we plan things so well, literally yeah. an hour before the show. You know uh, it. <laughs> I said, let's, let's do it. And so that's what we're gonna talk about today. Um, Andy, what, what are the, some of the things that people should know about, about these displays and how to even get started with them as far as from a design thinking standpoint. Yeah, so the these, these displays give you and your brand a great opportunity. They're basically like in-store billboards. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you want to you want to think about them in that way in that sort of like how which I don't design billboards, but mm-hmm. I know that it's a common sort of like approach is that it's like people are driving by, you know, 70 miles an hour. So you really need something eye-catching that's really quick. It's not complicated. It's not super detailed, all that kind of stuff. And while people hopefully aren't driving 70 miles through a grocery store, they're still just cruising by, you know, that, that whole rule around, you know, like the, whatever it is, five seconds or 
1.3 seconds, whatever the right, right. You know, that whole thing is, it still applies, even though this is a bigger scaled thing, it's, I think that that approach still applies where you want to keep things simple, keep things like when I say bold, I mean, like just eye catching, not necessarily if it's bold, isn't part of your brand, then don't apply it just because you're creating a shipper, but it has right. to be simple and it's meant to be somewhat disruptive. So people might spend a little bit longer there versus yes. being lost on the shelf. But, um, but yeah, it's just, a, they're, they're cool. There's so many different types. You know, if you really take the time going to like a, either a Costco or your just regular um, grocery store and spend some time looking at all the different shippers. I mean, there's mm-hmm. retail displays, you know, there's just all different types. And it's really cool to see how these structural engineers figure out how to like create a cabinet basically with shelves and dividers and all this in a base all out of cardboard it's really neat to see it um and uh and and yeah so like the it's like it's a cool i was just gonna say it's a yeah go ahead no you go ahead i'm sorry I was just going to say, it's a neat thing, like specifically with packaging design, like it's fun to see how, what elements do we bring to life from whatever is going on that shelf, you know? So like, obviously there's going to be the brand there, some overarching messaging, but then what are some other elements that we can pull in that we can sort of tie into the, tie it all together. So compositionally it all works. Yes. And that's, that's the thing, man. And and anytime you get designs, like as packaging designers, anytime we get something to design that's actually going to get printed, we get a die line. Yeah. You get the specs for like a brochure, or you get the die line for a box, or the die line for a label, the die line for anything that you're working on. And shippers are no different. The biggest thing is when you're working on something that's going to be put together, it's flat. So mm-hmm. the best the best way to do this to see what we're talking about is you can find any any box in your house, and it can be very simple. And what you can do is just, there's going to be a glue seam on that box. And you take that apart and try to get the box to lay out flat without ripping or whatever. And you can see exactly what a designer has to deal with. They have to deal with the idea of uh, turns and corners, how it's going to be viewed, how the box is going to fold, where it's going to come together when it's folded. And then also which sides need to be printed and which sides don't. So for instance, if you're seeing something flat, and you're looking about how it's going to fold, there's parts that are going to be printed that are going to be showing the opposite side because of how it folds. Mm-hmm. And you don't know that. And, and so one of the things I know I do this and Andy just literally showed me the same thing after I had done the same thing was we usually take the flat design, scale it to an eight and a half by 11, print it out, cut it out and see how it folds up. So we know exactly where our design and how it's going to to, uh, work when you print it. Even if you're an experienced designer, seasoned designer, and you're used to doing it all the time, I think it just helps visualize things for you and and what you can do and and how you can make things work, especially when when dealing with with something that's gonna be printed and always gonna be in place of the product that's not there. Um, And a lot of times too, when you're working on these things, you have to think about how the, the display piece will live by itself without any product. How is it going to work when there isn't any product on it? See, best case scenario happens and everything gets shopped off that display. So the display is empty. 
what do you have in there now where it's just not these weird, not a weird empty box? Like how is it interactive? Do you have messages saying, hey, we, there's probably still some in the store, go look, or here's a picture yeah. of the product. Or So it's it seems kind of repetitive to have pictures of the product on the display or images of the product on the display. But if the display is empty, and if someone sees it from a different angle or whatever, who's going to know what it was? And there's so many uh, fun tangibles that go into to retail display shippers. And if, and if you hear me say shippers or retail display, I know I'll say it because I'm just used to speaking speaking that layman term in regards to retail stores and retail shopping. That's what they refer to it as a shipper. But yeah. we'll hit our POS, point of sale is also another term that's used. Um, so if you hear those terms, they're, they're usually interchangeable, especially during this talk of what we're, we're speaking towards. Um, to, yeah. to- to uh, piggyback on your dialogue conversation, um, I was telling you about the our current shipper project that we're working on and how it's one of the more complicated ones I've ever seen because it has a it it the whole thing all together is going to be six pieces. So I have six die lines that I have to work with. Now in the now design doesn't get printed on each of those six pieces. So I went in with the print vendor and I, I talked through with him and it was like, okay, there's three that are just for structure. And then there's three that are for design. Yep. So I broke those apart. And then, um, you know, th- it's an interesting piece because it has a base and then it has a tray that mm-hmm. is actually upright, which it's actually at a little angle. And then it has a little header that goes on top of the base in the tray. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are the three elements that will get design. And it's just, it's, it's one of the more intricate, even though it's not, you know, once you see it all put together, it's not going to be super, I don't know, it won't be as shocking as what right. I'm describing, but it's still took me a little while to, to sort of wrap my head around all the folds, especially when it when you make something that has that angle in it and mm-hmm. how certain flaps have to fold down and, and support and all that kind of stuff, which is all structural engineer stuff that Kirk and I don't get into. But, yeah. um, but we still have to be aware of it and sort of know it. So like doing those little miniature print-offs helps immensely because, you know, there's parts of this, um, the little tray uh, cabinet thing Mm-hmm. the shelves mm-hmm. that because of the way that the, the flaps fold in, I'm going to be able to add, add color to an area that yes. won't get printed, you know? Right. So like, so, you know, where everything's going to get printed is actually, it's sort of like the sides in the back of this right. tray, right. but because of the way it folds, the way that the sides and the top fold in to create that support, you'll never see those parts. Yeah, and well, you'll have some pop of color inside the box, even right. though it's not printing on that side, you know? So, like, right. it's all stuff that helps when you actually cut it out and fold it and then also uh, collaborate with your print vendor because they're they're very helpful and can help you navigate. Because it is, it, the, when I first opened this, this whole suite of um, die lines, mm-hmm. I was I was like, I've been doing this for a while and my brain is boggled. I cannot figure out <laughs> at all what it took me like at least an hour to really like sift through and sort of figure out where everything would go and all that kind of stuff. So you need yeah. to, I don't know, it's, it's a, it, 
Packaging design is one thing, you know, where you're designing like a pouch bag or even like a carton or whatever, but these shippers can get very complicated. Yes. And, um, and I don't even, and we're just designing them. We're wrapping design around them. And Kirk, you have some experience actually building these things, which yeah. is, I, that's a, that's the, that's like half of the battle is, <laughs> you know, actually these go to a store and you're trying not to piss off the store manager or the department manager to build this thing. So yes. they'll properly put it out, you know, like yes. <laughs> last thing you want to do is like make something so complicated that they're just like, Oh, forget it. Just put it on the shelf. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. And it's funny. I used to work at Gallo in the sales department doing sales and merchandise, Gallo winery, and they would ship out cardboard cutouts, not cardboard cutouts, but they ship out cardboard POS, which they would call back cards. And the mm -hmm. back cards, or in essence, the back of a of the display. So if it's the side stack, you'd have it in the back of the display of the tray. If it's a major display, you'd have all the cases made, all the cases cut out and everything else, and then you put the back card in it. Well, sometimes they would they would send mass shippers. Mass POS displays is what they call them. And you would get it uh -huh. and it'd be it would be like one or two boxes. Usually the box would be maybe three by four, four by five. And it'd probably be that's four feet by five feet, right? And then probably be like ten to twelve inches tall, right? And inside you pop it open, and there would be the poles to hold certain parts of it, the flat piece for the base. Everything was flat, so you had to sit there and read directions and figure out how to put it together. The biggest problem was the people who were designing it weren't really putting it together. They were thinking yeah. of it like, okay, yeah, this will work because this is how it goes together, and I know it works because I printed and everything else. But for someone who's trying to put it together or someone who's trying to design for it, granted, these were already designed. It's difficult. It's difficult yeah. to figure out just trying to put it together and much it's, less trying to design it. It's origami. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it really is. It, it's and there's instructions, I'm sure, right. you know, right. but like it's still it's um, it's tricky. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. The one cool thing that did, though, was that it it kind of gave me an education that most people my age didn't have. Like I'm, I'm yeah. 15 years old, 14, 15 years old, and I'm being forced to put together these, these things. And I had, I had done construction with my dad. I had, and so I knew how to make things and put things together, building things from stud to stud to mud, right? Like stud yeah. work to finish work. And I understand how to do it all. And then I get this thing. So like, what the hell? But I've loved puzzles and I love problem solving. So I figure it out. And what that did though, when I started designing stuff like this, is that I could basically make my own display. It's kind of like a value, not on that level, because he's just fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. But but like actually know how things are going to fold together and kind of do pseudo mock-ups of how I would want it to work, where I want things to fold, how I want it to fold to sit, how to have like little clasp inside to hold the shelf together, if you're going to have a shelf in there how to build separate parts of it in order for it to fold up to tack into the rest of the display. So it's like all these different elements and aspects that go into making it, it really helps from having that experience. And it's still fucking hard to do. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's not like, okay, I totally understand everything now. It's, like, it's always a learning curve. And you're thinking in, in regards to what you're saying in a store, you have to also think too, that when I was working for Gallo, there was 50 milliliter bottles, right? The little, shot box yeah. and you would yep. build shippers for those and you'd think of how how you'd sell it into a carton so either sell the yep. whole carton in and have a pop out 
right? On this yeah. box, you have a pop-out that sits on the, on the table, or you have it to where it opens up and folds. Uh, Five-hour yeah. energy does it. If you ever go in yeah. any convenience store, you'll notice on the side, like you'll see these little boxes and cartons filled with knickknacks yeah. and different things. Like it would be a lighter or be those those uh, pills that help you be a Superman and, and have sex all night and uh, all those Tets. different things, right? Like <laughs> it's all kinds <laughs> of crazy things in convenience stores. But the cool thing about those, other than having sex all night, is the actual product <laughs> that comes in. Usually it's just a perforated edge that they just pull off yeah. You fold up a side, tuck it into the back to make a back card, and then you're right, you're ready to go for the for your for your countertop. So those, those are really uh, you go, go ahead. ahead. I was, thinking, I was those just... are those are really effective in regards to impulse buys, in regards yeah. to actually using it for dual things. You can use it to actually ship, but if someone wants to put it on their counter, they can. So those yeah. are also little nuanced. Um, and that's actually something I'm working on right now is is a little countertop one that I've kind of figured out how to do and and I've been sketching it out and in illustrator making boxes and making die lines and it's it's I love it it's just a pain in the ass right it's it's the ultimate puzzle but it's still yeah. pretty fun yeah those those are often called um if you're gonna talk to a print vendor about those they're often called pdq um pieces or whatever but they're, they're, yeah, they're cartons, they're multi-pack cartons that, yes, have some sort of perforated little area that the, um, you know, the grocery store person will just rip off, put on the shelf. What's, what you need to know about that is with a die line, it becomes even more critical yes. that you understand cut lines versus perf lines versus fold lines. Right. Because you might have the most beautiful, like I, we designed one um, one PDQ box carton thing that the basically half of it at a diagonal got ripped off. Yeah. And so we we really, we still designed stuff in that space, but we knew that eventually it's going to get pulled off. So really the critical stuff had to be in the area that yes. was going to stay, you know? Right. So like you just have to be aware of that because there's nothing worse than like i don't know designing something that goes across that whole panel and half of it gets ripped off and you're like well, what is what happened or yeah. you put all your like messaging and branding in that one spot yep it gets ripped off and thrown away and then now you just have this like random box sitting there with product in it so yeah um yeah we just designed one for one of our clients um paradise snacks and um and yeah, it's like, it's cool. It's like, it ships, you know, as a box, but then when it gets to the store, you, um, the, the manager will open it up and then sort of like that, that top flap, folds the top it. of the box folds. And then becomes the back card. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it tucks in and it's got this nice, and again, like you've just added color to basically an area that didn't get any print because inside of the box, it only printed one side, but because it folds and goes to the back of the piece, right. You now have color back there right. when, you know, if you just, yeah. So anyways, it's a, it's, it's a bit of a puzzle. You're, you're exactly right. When you said that, like, you know, you like puzzles and, and sort of, uh, I don't know, it, it is definitely a puzzle to be solved. Yeah. Where, how to, how to creatively design, like, it's one thing you've already created the branding, 
the mm-hmm. packaging for the packaging design that's going to go in the carton. Now you have this new spatial sculptural puzzle to figure out. Yeah. Um, and, and like take advantage. It's like, there's nothing worse than like seeing a, a, a display or a shipper that you've designed in real life and realize like something like you miss an opportunity with a certain panel Yes. that, you know, like it was like, ah, oh, that would have been perfect. You know, that yep. little element there or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, you have to design to the final piece. You can't design to the entire die line. You have to design to the final piece. Like you have to know yeah. what's finally going to do. So that's the reason why you put print things out and put them together. Yeah. Um, just, just to be sure that you understand what's going to happen when everything goes to hell. And, yeah. and also too, sometimes uh, companies might just tear off that top part and not tuck it in, yeah. right? That, that yeah. happens too, if, if it's this way. So you still need to have the branding uh, somewhere on there, tagline somewhere on there, whatever you're going to use, whatever you're going to do. And I, I can't emphasize this enough, but you really need to print it out and fold it and see how it's going to work. Uh, especially if you're, if, if you're new doing it, if you've done mm-hmm. it for a long time, it still helps as well. I, I mean, we're doing it. We've done this before because it's not something yeah. you do all the time. It's not something we do all the time. There are companies that specialize in this 1 million percent. That's all they do is design shippers. And they do these really unique and fun displays and shippers and moving parts and parts that roll and parts that have, you know, uh, permanent display. They're called, they're called permanent side stacks. Or like they're made of wood or made of mm, metal, yeah. like wire yeah. racks and, and wooden racks. And being in the in this wine and spirits field for a while. Oh God, but there's so many. <laughs> there's so many. And some of them are just so cool. One yeah. of the coolest ones I had a chance to actually work on and, and do was um, well two. One I did a football display where it was like for Super Bowl. So cool. I, I, I designed the base. And it was like a football field and designed where the pole would go and designed hmm. like how the branding would be on there and where it would show yeah. up. And it came out really cool. I never got one, but it came out really cool. The other one was done for a company called Shellback and it was a rum company. And the Shellback is a naval person who hasn't sailed over the Meridian. So when you sail over huh. the Meridian, you go from a shell back to a sailor or to something else, right? So the shell back is just basic there. You, you go from whatever to a shell back. That, that means you're an experienced sailor. So yeah. for some reason, there was a Neptune on the package. I still don't fucking know why it has nothing to do with shell back. But you have to put, yeah, you have to, yeah, it's, it's the ocean. You got to put <laughs> Neptune on. <laughs> but the cool part Try about that was, that's what they focused on was the trident that's the really you know cool it. part so the pos display I, I made a trident and i drew it in illustrator and i draw the specs out and it was retractable and it had two hooks Whoa. On it. so yes. so it could stand up behind this display in its yep. full the full length or it could contract and then be hung from the roof as like a sign or a, with a sign off cool. of it so so it could be um, have the actual wording and product on there, so it just hang over a display or hang over whatever. And, I, That's and I, cool. the prototype was made, and that was it. I wish I would have kept it or whatever because it was super cool. The whole thing about those, and this is something else you guys need to think about, guys, gals, people need to think about when you're designing these. Is is it cool enough to keep? 
Yeah. Cool enough to keep after it's been used. And for these little, like for the little FTQs you're talking about that go on countertops, eh, right there, they're like one and dones. But sometimes yeah. those those side stacks, depending on how elaborate they get, people will keep them to use other things for. Like they'll keep wooden ones. They kept them all the time to use for like produce and everything else. Oh, yeah. You'd have to wrestle them back from the vendor or the retailer because like, hey, that's not yours. That's ours. Um, and that costs money and then we can use this in other stores. And oftentimes it even helps with the sale in regards to, hey, look at this beautiful sales piece. We'll put this in there. We can get like two cases of wine on here. You can even flank it with floral for Mother's Day. You can put, you know, uh, champagne on here for New Year's and that can roll over to to Valentine's Day. So you can have that in there for two months and have these beautiful yeah. champagne on there. It's like, I mean, I've never done that before because I don't know what I'm talking about, of course. Um, but you can have all this stuff on there and have these beautiful displays and racks in there and you just keep it rotating. And the design itself is so imperative from a architectural standpoint, meaning like the structural integrity, but also the aesthetic standpoint, meaning yeah. like how pretty it is. It sounds silly, but people love pretty things still. People love tangible, pretty things, which is why packaging is not going away, which is why these side stack display shipper retail pieces um, are going to be staying also. Well, what, what, to your point around a higher end, more expensive uh, material mm -hmm. to display, you're talking about potentially a 50 or more bottle of wine, $50 bottle of wine or more, whatever. Right. Right. And, and so it either, I mean, yeah, it's more than likely at some point going to sit on a shelf. Mm -hmm. So there's there's not an association with quality, um, with, with you know, with going on a shelf because it's amongst other fifty dollar and whatever comparable price. But if you take it out of there and you put it in a special display, think of the perception between just putting it. And I'm not knocking corrugate, but you put it on a corrugate display or you put it on a yes. wrought iron or on a, you know, branded, right. you know, wood display like that, that really is going to make that connection with the customer that, oh, this is worthy of this price point because look at this legit yes. like display that, you know, or, or you're like other people that are like, well, that's why it's $50 because they spent all the money on the display. But Either way, most people think about, you know, how if if there's that much care taken in the display, then clearly this product is going to be really good. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it also gives your product an opportunity to live outside of where you would normally see it. Yeah. You know, if, if you have a problem, if you have a product that's a cracker or a snack chip, and it's in the chip aisle. Okay, that makes sense. But if you're able to do like a display or a side stack in, let's say, for instance, next to the hummus, right? Yeah. Like, hey. In the uh, yeah. In the deli or, yeah. Right. In the deli or wherever, people see yeah. that and oftentimes they're like, oh, these crackers are good. You know, so it gives you an opportunity to stand out and shine in regards to having your product outside of the environment and people seeing it somewhere else. And so, Barry, go ahead. I was just going to say, and, and like, we've been talking a lot about aesthetics and like they, they do have a function. These shippers do have a function, but we've been talking a lot about like them being, you know, sculptural pieces of art design, but they also shippers 
especially in like big box stores like Costco's Mm -hmm. club stores, they serve a very clear purpose. Mm -hmm. They provide structure and, 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 and an easy way for these, um, stores to put your product on the floor or on the shelf, you know? Yeah. Box stores. You look at sometimes the pallets, pallet displays, all they have to do is unwrap them and drop them and that's it. Or drop them and unwrap them however you want to do it. And that's super, super easy for, for the retailer. Well, they demand it. Yeah. Most of them demand it, (laughs) but, but it's also, yeah, yeah. No, you, you, um, they have like, especially Costco has like, super duper clear requirements for their in like you sort of have to run once you design it you have to run it by them to make sure before you even produce it um to make sure it's good with them and your buyer before it get before it actually goes into production but um but that's a great opportunity just because it's more functional and it might just be one color and it might just be you know craft corrugate color it's still a design opportunity. You should mm-hmm. still brand it. You should still figure out a way to add something interesting to it, even though it is more functional in, in a palette or on a palette or whatever, still look for ways to, um, to dress it up. Yes. Because that your, your design is a reflection of the brand, which therefore reflects the, the, the quality of the product itself and the consistency in which you're, you're displaying it as well also makes a difference. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's that's so cool, man. I, I this is takes me down memory lane, but also kind of reminds <laughs> me, you know, that no matter how much you think you've worked on something, or often you think you worked on something, you can always learn something new. Oh yeah. So there you go. But Boom. No, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I want to I want to shout out the the um our our bud Adam Peak. He Bye-bye. works. He works for Myers, mm-hmm. which is, they are my go-to for retail displays. I can either, you know, recommend, refer a client to them uh, and they can, you know, get the product and come up with the shipper design, or I can ask them, hey, I'm trying to design this, you know, can you guys help me sort of figure out what the structure is and all that kind of stuff? Like they can do all the development they are amazing and they're super helpful. So I just wanted to give a shout out to them specifically around shipper displays. Shout out. Um, burr, burr, burr. That's great. <laughs> cool, man. I, oh, I saw Dr. Strange last week too. How'd that go? Personally, I really loved it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because it's a Sam Raimi film that uh-huh. just happens to be part of the MCU. And if you're familiar with Sam Raimi, if you're familiar with what he does, it makes sense. Um, I think the biggest thing they need to clear up is the idea of the multiverse and how they can, they should have made two films. Actually, I think they should have made two films Mm. because they could have gone so much more in depth about things and, and did things, a lot of stuff they glossed over and there's a lot of fan service, but I thought it was a fun film, like super solid film. And it's pretty much the closest thing they've had to a horror film. Like interesting. Yeah. It's super dark. Like, it's good to know because I know my son's going to want to watch it, mm-hmm. but he's nine and he is just starting to dip his toes into like PG 13s and stuff. Yeah. And he, he can get into like the action. Like he loves like the Mandalorian and stuff like that. Right. But, but, um, but with, you know, he can get into the action 
part of things. I um, don't think he could get into the scary horror part. Yeah, that, and makes, that probably makes it PG thirteen. Yeah, and it's there's it's just the way it's handled, and certain parts of it make you think of of horror films. I mean, there's another yeah. way to put it, just like body contortions and interesting and blood and yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's. I loved it. I, I can't wait nice. to watch it again. But yeah, so that was. That was an update from last week when we were talking about. More importantly, how are the burritos? Oh my god, dude. So <laughs> fucking good. Oh like, man, I'm jealous. Oh, so good. And my friend had picked them up from somewhere I hadn't heard from heard about. And it's in San Ramon. And, and if you're not familiar with San Ramon, San Ramon has Chevron and Toyota, and it's a pretty big industrial park complex. Okay. And it's it's not the most Mexican Latino culturally centric place, mm-hmm. and and I was very shocked by the food. It was really good. It was like taqueria quality wow. food. Yeah, man, I was so happy. I was that sounds just so good. Super happy. Yeah, so good. And the margaritas were good too. So nice burrito, a couple margaritas. Go inside, watch the movie, and then do it up. Yeah, it sounds it amazing. Fun. It was fun. But yeah, man. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, hey, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Kirk Faisola. I'm the founder and creator. Ugh, words. I'm Kirk Faisola. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font. And I'm here with my good friend. Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. And you just listen to the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. And we'll speak to you next time. Peace. See ya.